Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Brother Collins told me that a better title for the sermon would have been rather than is there a God, there is a God, changing the word. And I do believe there is a God. And I've seen him perform miracles and answer prayer. And we are still believing for many miracles. And I know Brother Richard Luzader is in the hospital hoping to come home. And I, you know, this morning, Sister Roberta Hartley was here. It's been a while since I'd seen her. It was good to see her here and, and others that we have been missing, but the Lord's been good. And um, I know it's, we're coming into Thanksgiving time and Christmas and the kids are practicing and everything is uh, being sort of um, <coughs> going, uh, getting geared up for the end of the year. And we're hoping, praying, believing that our, the pandemic will be such, uh, <coughs> you know, that will, um, you know, it will keep allowing us to be in the house of the Lord. I, as I mentioned uh, one night, I think maybe Wednesday or Sunday, uh, there was in fact uh, in Singapore, they have been locked out again since uh, October, the beginning of October, the end of September. And so uh, we, we're blessed. And I know sometimes it doesn't feel like we're blessed and it doesn't feel like things are going well. And yet, uh, what I preached about this morning, and this was the last slide that I, I touched on, and I mentioned that in the midst of all that Job felt and knew, he, he blamed God. He, he almost looked like, God, you are the one. He kept saying, God, if you would let me have my say. God, if you would listen to me. God, if you would answer me. God, if you would, God, God, God. And he kept sort of bombarding God. And in reality, it was not God that was doing what was wrong. It was Satan who had done, touched his body, who had uh, been instrumental in destroying his children and uh, taking his wealth. Of course, the blessing was that God doubled all of that. The, the amazing thing, even though Job said a lot of bad things or, uh, you know, sort of accusations to God, he never lost sight that he was a believer, that he believed in God, and that even though he felt like God had abandoned him, he felt like he wasn't getting what he deserved. He spoke from his heart. He spoke directly to God, whereas Eliphaz and his friends were very clinical, were very matter-of-fact. They did not intercede for Job. They didn't say, well, Job, we will pray. Remember, Job prayed for his own children. Here were three guys. They should have said, hey, I don't know what you've done, but we're going to pray to God and ask God to help you. And if there was ever uh, an indictment for the church, it is that, that the Bible is very clear. If my people, which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. There can be healing. And so, you know, the main thing was Job kept worshiping. And when they got through, uh, of course, uh, the end of that, the Lord basically tells them, I'm mad at you and you better uh, learn how to worship. And so 
what the, the lesson that we learn is no matter what Satan does, or the enemy does to uh, get us to where we stop worshiping, you know, you may say, well, I'm doubting and I'm overwhelmed, but, you know, keep remembering, I, you know, God's been good. God is still on the throne. God is able to turn it for my good. God can make all things work together for my glory. That's the important thing to never forget. I'm still a believer. Paul talked about this when he goes on in 2 Corinthians. And, and he said, you know, I don't know. I, I have this thing in my, we don't know if it was in his flesh, in his eyes. But he said, a thorn in the flesh, but that a messenger of Satan to buffet me. He realized where it was from. And, and I don't know what it was. We don't really know what it was, but it was in his flesh. The powerful part of that was he didn't say a thorn in my spirit. He didn't say a thorn in my soul. And I'm depressed. He said, you know what? I, I know where this came from. I know the source of this. And you say, well, are you saying all sickness, all pain, all problems are from the devil? From the fall. Let me tell you where you trace it back to. All the weeds, all the thorns. Because when we get to heaven... There's going to be no more tears, no more pain, no more suffering, no more sickness, no more sadness. You know, when somebody says to me, oh, pastor, I just don't know how a good God could let all this be. You have to go, you know, whose fault? Point the finger right here. It's, it's mankind's fault. It's a human's fault. It's the fault, the sin. You, you can blame anything you want. You can blame God didn't answer the way I thought. God didn't. But let me tell you, ultimately God is one day going to turn it all around and say, I've got a new plan, a new heaven, and a new earth, and I want to be there. Yeah. And so Paul wrote and he said I prayed three times actually that thrice it's interpreted thrice but it basically means that I just kept knocking on the door persevering I just kept knocking that it might depart from me and you know what the answer was that he got from God we quote it all the time my grace is for my for thee for my strength is made perfect where and weakness. Wow. So how did, when he heard that, what was Paul's response? Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities. Oh, that I, that's a hard one to do. That the power of what? Oh, Lord, help me to glory in everything that I'm going through. So your power, less of me, more of thee. Huh? Therefore, then he goes on further and he says, I take pleasure in my infirmities, in my reproaches, in my necessities, in my persecutions, in my distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, In other words, when it, I don't have the answer, when I don't, I can't figure this out. Because you know what? I'm human enough that I try to figure out all my. Anybody know what I'm talking about? 
I, I can manipulate it out. I can, I, let me, if I do this and if I do that and if I do this over here and if I go there. But you know what? When you reach the point where you say, I don't have the answer, Lord, I'm putting them in your hands. I'm putting my body in your hands. I'm putting my health in your hands. I'm putting my household in your hands. I can, I can do no more. I don't. Then all of a sudden the power of the Lord is able to flow through. Oh, hallelujah. What a privilege it is. That when I am weak, then I am strong. In Romans, he said it like this. You know, and, and, and he talked in the ninth chapter, he talks in the sixth and seventh chapter. We'll, we'll read that too. But it, it, he talks about, you know, uh, who hath resisted his will? Who are thou that replies against God? He was almost describing the Job story. He said, you know, guess what? We don't have any power or authority. Shall the thing that formed say to him that formed us, Why hast thou made me thus? And I know it's online and I'm not trying to be controversial or political, but it's, it's like we are living in a society where the whole world wants to challenge the way God made us. I don't know if I'm, if I'm comfortable with what God made me. I want to choose something different. Where did that spirit come from? Anything to challenge God. Why? Because God made a mistake. Surely he wanted me to be happy. Shall the thing that formed him say to him that formed it, Why did you make me this way? Hath not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? And I know, I, I, you know, I don't understand why. Why, Lord, you didn't call me to this. Why didn't you give me this talent? Why didn't you help me have this job? Why didn't you give me this whatever personality? Why didn't you give me this ability? Why didn't you? Why, Lord, I don't understand. You know what? The better thing for you to do rather than try to figure out why, why, why is to say I'm going to worship you Lord with what you've given me. I'm going to praise you Lord because I know I'm fearfully and wonderfully made and you can touch my DNA. You can change me. You can help me. You can redirect my life. It's not about why I didn't have this but it's about how big God is and what God is able to do with what I bring him. It doesn't matter if it's just a few little fish and a couple loaves of bread. God can use it. Bring what you have to God and thank Him for it. But oh, we, we have a tendency to, you know, feel like, what if God, willing to show His wrath and to make His power known as power, endured such <clears throat> with much long-suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction that He might so what is it that the Lord is doing? I don't know. But you say, well, why am I suffering this? Why am I going through this? Here's what Paul said. That he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of... Which he hath afore prepared unto glory... Even us whom he hath called, not of the Jew only, but also of the Gentile. What are you saying? And, and we all, we have so many people that we love and are dear to our church family. And I could go around and mention their names. And 
All of you know what it is when you see them come in praising the Lord, when you see them walk in, when you see and you know what they've been through, where they've been, what they've been struggling with, the way the enemy has attacked them. What do we see when we see them walk down the aisle? Oh, I see the glory of Almighty God. When I, and it doesn't have to be, you know, I know cancer and, and those things. Brother Steve Wickline, Brother Luzader, and Brother Tracy, and Sister Laylee, and all these. Uh, Sister Bob, Keys, and, and Brother Bob, and I can go through the list. Brother Tim Galone, I can go through the list. But but even when you see what how the Lord has touched some even like Sister Kathy Predmore when the Lord has touched some of these other folks may not have had quite that but you see the glory of God shining through them and they come and they raise their hands and begin to worship the Lord and you realize Lord you know what that's the glory of the Lord on a vessel of mercy oh God if it were not for the grace of God when you look and see some of those that have lost spouses and when all of us that walk in and you you begin to raise your hands and worship the Lord and you know what it does it should inspire us Lord if they're Lord if you're able to keep using them it ought to be able Lord you can use me you can bless me I see your glory risen on on a vessel of mercy and you've called us to glory that's why Isaiah the 59th chapter he said it like this he said behold the Lord's hand is not slack shortened that it cannot save neither is his ear heavy that it cannot hear but your iniquities this was a condemnation have separated you and most of us feel that way I think you know well Lord what did I do what's going on in my life I you know I look at Job and I think, Job, you were a perfect man. I don't think I can say that about me. Maybe you can feel like you're perfect. But I look at my shortcomings and I go, I know why God's whipping me. Huh? But here's what Isaiah said. Our sins have hid their face from you. But even Isaiah was writing to them and you keep reading and he talks about their Lord was going to restore a remnant. The Lord was going to come. That's why David would write things like, I was afflicted, I went astray, now I've kept my word. And he would say it like this in Psalms 103, the Lord is merciful, gracious, slow to anger. I don't care even if you've done wrong, if you've sinned, if you are the one that is responsible for the fix you're in, if you will repent, if you will say Lord forgive me Lord wash me Lord cleanse me he said I want you to know he will not always correct he is plenty in mercy neither will he keep his anger forever he has not dealt with us after our sins aren't you thankful for that he has not rewarded us according to our iniquities. As high as the heaven is above the earth, so great is his mercy toward him that fear him. You know what? You feel like you're overwhelmed and the enemy is trying to be the accuser of the brethren. Go out on a starry night while it's cold and look up at the stars and say, Lord, that's how much mercy you have. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is your mercy to me, Lord. As far as the east is from the west, that's how far he's removed his transgressions. Like a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those that fear him. He knows our frame. He remembers that we're dust. 
Psalms 145, the Lord is gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger, of great mercy. What a, what a powerful understanding. There is a God and that God is willing to forgive. Oh, full of, slow to anger, full of compassion, of great mercy, good to all. Tender mercies are all over, all over his works. All of his works shall praise thee, all the saints. Micah said, who is a God like unto you that pardons iniquity, passes by transgression of his heritage, retaineth not his anger forever. And I put several of those Old Testament because I know people say, I'm so thankful I'm under the law, not under the law, but I'm under grace. Listen, they knew who God was even in the Old Testament. I know there was the law. David was guilty of murder. David was guilty of adultery. David was guilty of sins that he should have been stoned and killed for. But because of the mercy and kindness and goodness of Almighty God, he said he has not retained his anger forever. He delights in mercy. He will have a, a compassion. He will subdue our iniquities. Oh, thou wilt cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. And I read to you a while ago from Isaiah 59 where he said the Lord his hand is not short and because of his iniquity he's hidden his face from us but if you keep reading in Isaiah in the 63rd chapter it said in all their afflictions what? in all their afflictions he was afflicted can you imagine? What was Isaiah saying? What the, Paul said in the New Testament in Hebrews, we have a high priest that is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Don't think for one moment what you're going through that God doesn't feel what you are and what you're going through and is with you every moment of the day. Oh, you don't know what it is, Lord. You don't know that he was tempted in all points like as we are, but yet without sin. What are you saying? Even Isaiah in the Old Testament said, in all of their affliction, he was afflicted. And the angel of his presence and saved them in his love and in his pity. He redeemed them and he bore them and carried them. Oh, what are you saying? I'm saying that I don't care if it feels like the heavens are brass, if it feels like you pray and you can't touch God, if it feels like you, God, that I don't know how I'm going to get through. Why aren't you answering? I'm here to tell you, listen to me carefully, that God still is feeling everything you're feeling. He is walking with you every step of the way. He is touched with the feelings of your infirmity. He knows what it is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Don't ever feel like that you want to stop believing. Always remember, I'm a believer. I am a believer. There is a God. There is a God. He is going to turn it around. I don't know when. I don't know how. I don't know if we'll come out of this fiery furnace. But one thing I do know. God is able. I am not going to stop believing. I am not... I am not going to stop believing. I am not going to stop praising. I am not going to stop worshiping. I am... 
How's it going? I don't know how it's going to happen. You've made it hotter than ever. I don't know how, but what I do know is God is able. Romans 6, I I could have written all the verses down, but I know you've read Romans 6 and 7, and I'm talking to the church, but it goes through buried with him in baptism. And then he says, likewise, reckon yourself dead indeed unto sin. Now that's an important verse. Because he said... Liken, or in one version it says consider. If you go back in the Greek, he was saying, consider yourself dead indeed unto sin. Not that sin is dead. Is sin dead? Is iniquity going to increase and increase? But I've got to liken myself dead to it. In other words, dead men don't tell tales, you know. Dead men don't get tempted. Dead men don't respond. Dead men, what? Have no feeling. Right? He said, you've got to, when you feel the enemy coming in and tempting you, you've got to say, i, I got to die to that. That's why Paul said, you know what? How many times i got to die? But you don't know how I'm struggling with this. Liken myself dead to sin. Don't let it rain. Don't obey it. Don't yield your members. Yield yourself unto God. That's an important phrase because he said, you know what? When, when we sin, we've yielded ourselves to that sin. I let myself get angry. I let myself get frustrated. I let myself, I, I let it go. But then I come to church and I don't want to let that go. What does that tell me? Huh? I'm being bound by the enemy. I I gotta yield myself to God. Lord, here's my hands. That's what it means to yield, right? I mean, robber comes in, what does he say? Stick your hands up. Right? What are you saying? I surrender. Oh, well, I, you know, I just, He said, don't yield yourself to sin, but, you know, if you feel sin wanting you to reach out and grab something, drink, whatever, channel changer, do this. Say, wait a minute, in Jesus' name, huh? They may throw you out of the bar. Huh? Why? Because yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness for sin shall not have dominion over you and yet why is it that he would say that everybody say sin shall not have dominion over you because you are not under the law but under grace and he goes on to say the wages of sin is death and after saying that in the 6th chapter you know what Paul said in the 7th chapter At times, even though sin shall not have dominion over me, sometimes I do what I don't want to do. Anybody been there? Sometimes I say, do, huh? 
after he just said, sin shall not have dominion over you. What are you talking about? What Paul was trying to say in all of this was, guess what? You know what? Sin has no permanent residence. I can break its back. Anytime I'm willing to throw my hands up and repent and get in the presence of the Lord and say, Lord, wash me. Lord, change me. Lord, transform me. Oh, he said, I know that in me, that sin dwells in me. Under the law, evil is always present with me. There is a war going on. The law of the mind and the captivity of the law of sin. And he said, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death and then he said I thank God through who Jesus Christ our Lord so then with the mind I serve the law of God but with the flesh the law of sin therefore what does he say I've got to die say pastor I think sometimes the Lord's getting on to me I don't know whether he is or not he might be just wanting to show his glory on you if he's doing something, if you're doing something that you shouldn't do and you know, then repent and say, Lord, forgive me. Huh? I want to get this, I want to deal with this. You say, well, I can't seem to stop. I can't seem to quit. I can't. That's a lie from the devil. You're yielding yourself to it. I, I mean, I hate to say it. However you want to look at it. You either go to the store and you buy the bag of Cheetos. And... Put them in the pantry and say, no, I'm not going to touch them. Then you look at the date and you go, those are going to go bad. And I've spent that good $3.99 on that bag of Cheetos. Anybody been there? So finally, I'm just tempted beyond that measure. I was up late studying and I was doing good, but the Cheeto bag was calling. You understand what I'm saying? But you got to keep yielding yourself to God. Instead of reaching for Cheetos, I got to say, Lord, I need your presence. I need your spirit. Why? Because I'm here to tell you something. I believe in a God. Therefore, I don't believe that I am a product of my urges and impulses and that they can't be controlled. Because if you were an atheist and don't believe in a God, then you would simply say, I couldn't help it. I just couldn't help it. I've got post-traumatic stress. I had terrible children. They stressed me out. It's true. See? She's admitting it openly. So therefore, I can't help myself. I'm just a product of nature. I'm a product of the trauma that I've been through. Oh, really? I am a product of the power of the Holy Ghost. One day Jesus died on Calvary and one drop of blood had the power to resurrect this life, change my very DNA. I'm here to tell you I believe in God. There 
there is a God and God is able to change me. I am not caught by every sin and lust and impulse and every desire and everything that goes through. I have something that is greater than all of that. If I'm willing to die daily, I have a power that resurrected power that is able to get Jesus up and that is able to change me. Let's stand.